It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed today's show is brought to you in part by hotels.com don't hate like your friend's trip on instagram book your own trip with hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere hotels.com be there do that get rewarded you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 530, ooh, I don't know, 36 maybe? Yeah, 536, let's call it that, of Lockdown Raptors for Wednesday, June 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Lockdown Podcast Network. In particular, the Lockdown NBA Mock Draft is all finished up. If you're a fan of a team that has to draft tomorrow in the first round or a team that's in the lottery because they did not win the NBA championship like chumps, then make sure you check out the Locked On NBA uh, mock draft. It's great. It's a lot of great detail in there. Jeremy Wu of SI is in there uh, offering his opinions and all the prospects and whatnot. It's a very 
large-scale effort on the podcast network. So please check it out. And if you find a show on the network that you want to subscribe to, please do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Himalaya. It's deeply appreciated if you leave a little rating or review as well. And uh, that's all on that note. All right, on today's show, apologies for not having an episode the last couple days. As you can probably tell, my voice is kind of shot. And apparently the person I'm joined by today is also sick in the wake of the parade and the championship celebrations and I guess just like the crash of feelings and like bodily sort of like health that happens at the end of the playoffs. I don't know, but it's Katie Heindel joining me. How are you, Katie? I'm sick, as you said, but yeah. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of other people are sick too. I get sick at the end of every season. I think it's just because, like, yeah. during the final or, like, the playoffs, you're just, like, going nonstop, and there's no time to really, like, think about getting sick, and then it, your body's just like, ha-ha, guess what, bitch? <laughs> guess what's coming for you? You slowed down for one yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm going through that, and it sounds like you are as well. So we'll try our best to uh, not sneeze on the mic or cough on the mic in this bad boy. Uh, but no guarantees. And now that we've got that out of the way, let's get to today's show. Uh, I think what we're mostly going to do is kind of talk about the parade and sort of resolve any sort of lingering feelings from the parade, the things that happened at the parade. We'll talk a little about Kawhi Leonard as well, who uh, is wonderful. We'll talk about Serge Ibaka's How Hungry Are You impromptu on the stage uh, <laughs> Instagram stories, uh, mostly the one with Kawhi of the alcohol and desserts fame and uh yeah we'll just kind of bounce around a few things related to the ending of the season before the next podcast where i'll actually sort of address the off season I, it's been really nice not having to address the off season katie have you found this to be nice like are you just like what's your response to all these other teams just like losing their shit trying to uh make their teams into something worthy of the thing the raptors just accomplished well i will say at first i was like oh i'm so torn this is the kind of stuff that last year I'd really be living for because by now we'd have been out of basketball for so long. Yeah. That we'd be like, hell yeah, it's time for pre-free agency chaos. Um, so I've been actually enjoying it. I've been like a little slow to like not be on the pulse as usual. Mm -hmm. But today I did think, mm, well, this is going to hit us soon. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, what yeah, I mean, it's not like the Raptors are going to be uh, uh, out of the conversation at all when it comes to free agency. Obviously, Kawhi is very much a question looming, but I also don't think we're going to get any clarity on that until, like, July 1st at the earliest. So I'm just kind of, like, taking some time here to laugh at the Celtics mostly and uh, just sort of, like, not be phased by the things going on. Because even if Kawhi leaves, even if the offseason goes the worst possible way it could for the Raptors... Nothing can take away the title, and uh, that's pretty comforting to know. There's, that's pretty yeah. comforting that everyone right now is doing their best to try to win the thing the Raptors just won, and uh, nothing can hurt me right now. It's fantastic, and the Celtics imploding has just made it all the better. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so delicious. I love it so much. The idea of Kyrie and Horford just being like, nah, we're we're all set on. Brad Stevens, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum, but we want to play with each other still. Hi, Brooklyn, let's go play for you. That is my new favorite thing. I really, really hope that happens. I think, yeah, I mean, we knew about Kyrie. We already talked about that, I feel like, before. Yeah. yeah. Al Horford, a sleeper agent. <laughs> 
Sorry, I was just taking a, a sip of water because uh, my th- we're because of a disaster. Because we have to hydrate everybody. Yeah. I have so, a big thing of orange juice here mm-hmm. and a huge, fresh, new Kleenex soft soothing lotion box on Ooh, the go. Love the lotion Kleenex. Although mm-hmm. I often don't ever remember to buy them until the, near the end of the sickness. But then it's a nice little bonus the next time I do get sick. It's like, oh, hey, look what we got here. This is great. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the parade, Katie. You were there. Uh, you and I met for the first time in person in the midst of all the very scary chaos, chaos. that was happening after the shooting. That was weird. Shoes and like trash and like, yeah, cyclones of trash and heat and like weird people, like a mass exodus. It was a really strange way to meet for the first time but also fitting yeah for sure it was very strange at the end of a very long day of standing outside and waiting mostly uh you were posted up at about what harbor and york and york okay which i'll be honest i never even heard of harbor street before i lived in toronto (laughs) i'm from toronto but i was like what street is this um because i didn't realize when Lakeshore, I guess, turned into, like, harbor for, like, two blocks. Right. And then it meets York. Anyway, it's where the gardener used to be. Right. And then they ripped that bridge out, for anyone who's interested. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, it was a really sick place to go because we, like, Dylan and I had kind of been like, oh, where should we watch? Like, should we even try and make it to the square in the morning when we were seeing how many people were getting there? And we're like, nah let's go try and watch it somewhere along the route. And we were thinking maybe university somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you said where you were going to be. And we were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So we picked our location because it was on a turn. Right. So we thought we'd have maximum eyeball on the buses. Right. We did end up having. The very nice thing, I guess this happened all up at university in New York, is that, uh, actually, I don't know if it happened where you were. But only one side of the street was barricaded, which was the side that we were not on. Right. So by the time the the really delayed parade rolled around, people were just like in the streets, but in a really orderly way where we were. It wasn't so busy. Though now that I see pictures actually from our exact area where we were, it looked rammed and crazy, but it seemed very like casual and laid back. Yeah, the same thing happened where I was. Uh, there were barricades on the east side of York, like right in front of like Union Station and stuff. And then on the other side, the west side of York, uh, that's where I went. And like for the longest time, people were like abiding the curb and just being like, oh yeah, the curb, I guess it's just this is where we stay behind. And then for some reason at like 9.30 a.m., as the crowd started getting bigger, the cops were like, all right, everybody, spill into the street. And then everyone moved up to like the yellow line uh, halfway through york street and then eventually that just turned into all of york street being full and then as the cops were coming sort of like being the blockers of the parade they had to like carve out the space in the crowd and then i'm guessing after everything sort of dispersed and they went by that that part of the parade everyone just kind of like moved in behind and then it was just like a big swarm following the parade up university as well and yeah, it was not the best planned parade. I will say that. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I like. There's anyone to really blame. There could have been more barricades, I suppose. But for the most part, it just felt like they were not prepared for the amount of people that showed up. And I don't know how you could be. That was an insane amount of people. I've never seen that many people in one place in my entire life. And it was 
Like this, the I mean, I watched it again on uh, on on PVR the next day, and I was just like stunned at what University looked like. I mean, that is a very wide street, and it was covered wall to wall with people. And I don't know where, like, if you had barricades, where those people would have gone. Like, I just, like, into streets that would have gone further back and there would have been terrible views for everybody. So, I don't know if there was a better way to do it. Like, are you getting up in, like, the the planning gate and, like, <laughs> pointing fingers at people who fail? Like, Dan Reynolds, is it his fault? Like, what, what happened here? You know, if his jurisdiction was actually the city center, maybe, I would really only <laughs> point a finger at, at Reynolds. But, no, like, I, I kind of thought... It was very complimentary to what we did after we walked to go by where we were because it was moving so slowly. Mm-hmm. So like we could, we went to like steam whistle and then we like got some road beers and then we kind of essentially um, looped back to university for three different blocks to yeah. see it pass three different times. And then every time we got there on a side street, it, the, it was only like, again, I think this was like on the unbarricaded side people were moving right up into the street. So it seemed like there was a lot of room still in the intersection. Mm -hmm. So we could get pretty close every time. And then it would fill up like crazy behind us when they got there. But it's like, we knew the timing. So we're like, okay, (laughs) here's, here's the cars. Here's the, here's the Raptor on the float with the, I don't know if you noticed, but the last Raptor on the float with the Raptor, Mm -hmm. like the statue of the Raptor was extremely emaciated. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was so I don't know what raptor that was, just like a really slim cousin to the raptor. <laughs> um, but then they came, and then sticks came, and you're like, oh shit, it's sticks. The buses are going to come down. <laughs> so we had like a timing down pat, and I think that worked out really well in our favor. So no qualms about the planning in that section. I mean, I think like it was moving incredibly slow because they're like, a ton, like it was kind of like a motorcade for the amount of vehicles that were in the parade. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if they planned to just like blitz up the street. I don't think they they were gonna move slow anyway. But yeah, like to your point, I think they just got like twice as many people, and not just in some sections of the parade, like every section of the parade. Yeah, was that just was like yeah crazy. Because it filled up so quickly near like university, and I think people were just like, all right, let's just spill a, like as far down the route as we possibly can, and then eventually. Yeah. You meet up with the crowds at the beginning of the thing, and yeah, it was it was weird. But yeah, for the planning thing, I mean, I ended up being okay too. I think anyone who went to Nathan Phillips is probably the people with the strongest opinions of the planning because there was no yeah. uh, water or say, like, facilities or entertainment. Yeah, there was nothing yeah. sort of keeping those people occupied for the five, six, seven hours they were waiting, plus whatever hours they showed up beforehand. Um, for me, yeah, I left York and Bremner right, 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 right by Jurassic Park as it went by. I went to the Flatiron on Front Street East, got a beer, charged my phone, uh, got another beer, watched some of the thing on the on the on, on the TV, and then I could kind of time how long it was going to take for them to start like introducing people, and I knew how long it would take to walk up to Nathan Phillips from there. So I just like left right in time and I walked up the stairs at to Queen and uh, Bay where they had like a big screen and everything set up and I just watched it from there and it was awesome it was perfect it, until all the stuff happened uh, <laughs> it was uh, that that sucked so the the shooting that took place obviously people know that that took place now um, where were you for this and like I, I know we've talked about it but not on podcast form um 
like you got you were in the square you you'd kind of like moved your way into the square yeah yeah so we thought we were being super i guess it was pretty smart like we took the path down um from like under the sheridan center Mm -hmm. basically towards city hall kind of thinking like okay how close can we get into city hall because there's like a part of the path that puts you in the parking lot under city hall right but I was like, I wonder if this will be blocked off if they plan for this. Huh. And I mean, now, what, retrospectively, what we know, I feel like they maybe should have stopped, like, restricted access to how close we got in the path. Because we came up and it just spit us out basically right at the very back of the square. And I know that they had been saying, like, oh, it's full. But there was really nothing to, like, designate it being full. Like, it's not like a door. You can't, like, close the doors. You can't start doing, like, one in, one out or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and people did start, like, we're kind of streaming out, not streaming, but a lot of people seem to be leaving really, like, haggard-looking, like, super <laughs> tired people at that point. Um, and I'd say we were probably there maybe 15 minutes, and it felt like we were like, yeah, like, really sweet timing, like, can't believe we're going to get to see them on this stage. So we made it to the back of the square where right above us was that kind of uh, median where they stuck all the people yep. and there was a few broadcast tents right above so we were under it so we were like in the shade right um and then they started to introduce the team like they had gotten there and everybody was cheering i think they did they introduced Masai, but i don't think anyone started speaking yet because i remember distinctly the first wave of people but i guess I don't know if that was the shooting first or the stabbing, right. but whatever the first wave of people was, I looked over because there was like some pretty grumpy people around us. So I thought maybe like a fight broke out or something right. and people were just kind of pushing to get away from it. Cause it was really just like back to back to back. Like there was no room really to move or turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I looked around, like I kind of looked, you know, four people to either direction and saw everyone's turn and like, like like moving towards us in kind of like a tsunami stream <laughs> it was like oh shit this is something bigger like something's happening and then and then they kind of hit us where we were and then everybody started moving so the first time it was still scary because no one knew what was going on mm-hmm. but I happened to be in this crowd of really big dudes who kind of formed this protective bubble <laughs> around me and like a couple other people that were like smaller and there was like I think a kid like a family with us too um and they could kind of like nobody could stop that's the thing like you couldn't stop and be like don't push me anymore because it was like a it was like a crush of people right Mm -hmm. so we kind of hit this point where we couldn't move anymore and that's when I started to get a little bit scared because I was like oh shit yeah like this is how people get trampled (laughs) is when you hit a wall or you hit some force that you can't move past. Um, But then it kind of dispersed. Like, it kind of seemed to spread out from where we were. And everybody was pretty shaken up, but everybody was checking in on everyone. And I remember thinking, like, this is really nice. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened at that point, but I was like, this is really nice. Everyone's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you have everyone? Kind of. And then right away, we started to hear people say, like, really crazy stuff. Like, it was snipers. Like, it was, you know. (laughs) whatever but we still thought like at that point Trudeau was on so we still thought like if it had been something really bad yeah like shooting that they would have pulled him off the stage yeah you would have thought I mean yeah uh, yeah at least like I guess when I say shooting I meant like a not localized shooting yeah like 
every kind of shooting is fucking terrible. But like, I just mean if it was more of a like event that happened to a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so then, then everybody was kind of like a lot of people left. I it was kind of sad because at that point I actually saw a lot of families leaving quickly mm-hmm. and like carrying their kids and getting out, which like you know I understand that a hundred percent. But we were sort of let's kind of move back over here. And then, I don't know, it wasn't that much later. It was maybe less than five minutes. There was another wave of people, and this one felt faster. Yeah. And I don't know how, because there was probably less people concentrated, but it was faster, and there were less places to go. And I kind of lost everybody I was with for a little bit, um, and then managed to like just kind of jump out quickly to a side where there was like a little bit of a pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I remember like everybody who hadn't left was like fuck this and was going but the saddest thing and i've talked to a couple of other people about this was like all the shoes that were everywhere on the ground just like shoes and like bags and just like stuff that people obviously and then like a lot of, it's not like anyone was looking for them i don't mean like shoes and people were like hey here's my shoes just people like just booked it and left you know and like didn't come back for their stuff so yeah it was or like maybe didn't even realize yet that it had happened. Yeah, it was all pretty terrifying. It happened fast. It did. Yeah. It happened really fast. I was, like I said, I was at Queen and Bay, like kind of away from, I guess, where the actual shooting happened. Although it felt like it was really close based on how, like, the, the rush of people. But I guess it was that widespread. Um, people were just, like, charging down Bay. And, yeah, it was horrifying. It sucked, man. Like, it was such a weird vibe there for a little while as people were like you know there was like well what's going on at the eaton center like the eaton center's locked down like what's going on there it was all very freaky and i credit a lot of people with like helping to calm it all i mean the cops moved in pretty quickly and that they kind of seemed to restore some order to the area so that was nice and like matt devlin man watching back on the broadcast like it's kind of freaky because they have, like, the aerial shots and you can see, like, the charges of people. And that's terrifying because it's, like, a lot of people. And no one really remarks on the first one. But then the second one, like, Devlin comes out and, like, interrupts Larry Tannenbaum. And, like, just kind of goes into, like, a wistful uncle mode where he's like, All right, everybody, there's a bit of an emergency happening, a bit of a situation that's being dealt with. I'll give you an update. But, hey... The Raptors are NBA champions, and it's all going to be okay. And he was very, very soothing. And I can only imagine that he stopped, like, many thousands of people from charging out of that place. Because it was really kind of terrifying looking from the aerial, aerial views they had. And you could hear, like, yeah. the like the screams and stuff and, like, people freaking out, like, off like off the mics they had on the stage. Like, and, and you could see the players and, like, everyone on the stage kind of knowing something was up, too. Like, very freaky stuff. But shouts to Matt Devlin for calming everybody down and then shouts to Kawhi Leonard for uh cheering me up pretty significantly when he dropped the aha ha 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 uh while we were sort of just kind of gathering ourselves to walk to go drink more alcohol somewhere else (laughs) I think we had just yeah like we had just met at that point yeah and then because I remember the weirdest thing was when we were finally like fuck this like let's go and then I was like okay let's go meet John he's in a doorway over here (laughs) um (laughs) That they so the players started talking and I was like this is exactly like why we came here but yeah. I was like I don't want to be here anymore yeah um it just kind of felt like the mood 
and the energy for me at least of the whole day was over mm. um, at least like the kind of the sustained energy that we'd been moving on for like since we got there mm-hmm. um yeah i think it was pretty nice that it was like pretty pointed and to being like okay let's go we met up we we're like let's let's continue let's try and go like salvage the afternoon and then he dropped his <laughs> which was really good oh so so good uh let's talk about Kawhi for a little bit uh we've covered the parade pretty extensively could have been planned better uh was a little scary mostly pretty fun uh glad nobody died and glad people got arrested because uh two assholes and two and a half million uh, that sucks um, it's a good ratio. Yeah, but it sucks. Yeah, very much a bummer. But glad no one got killed. At least uh, I, I think that's still the case. So that's nice. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat, led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, but Kawhi was the damn star in, like, a 20-second thing that he did. Also, earlier in the day, there was the whole... Uh, people chanting one more year at him, and then Kyle coming over with Uncle Dennis and both them both chanting five more years. That was pretty fun to rewatch on the broadcast. Um, and then Kawhi went to Niagara Falls yesterday, which is pretty sweet, although he did kind of get followed by a lot of people, which was weird. Uh, yeah, I saw that, and it made me feel like, man, like you're going to get let down by Niagara Falls on your own time, <laughs> and I feel like that probably really expedited the process. It may, maybe that inspired them to leave instead of going to the other wax museum. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, it is the nicer side of the falls. So if they all they managed to do was like get out and look at the falls, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I don't think they were like itching to go to IHOP or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So my question to you, Katie, uh, what do you think would be Kawhi Leonard's favorite activity slash attraction in Niagara Falls? I think the falls, and then I'm like, is there a just desserts restaurant there anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a Sugar Mountain candy place, so maybe that. Uh, mm, there's, I'm looking it up. Yeah. There's nothing big by name. You're probably gonna get a lot of Niagara Fall locals. Oh wait, there's there, there's like a big chocolate store, like the Hershey store, I think is down there. Maybe he just went there. Maybe. Yeah. But he said desserts, which I feel like is a bit more specific than candy. Yeah. You know? That's true. Um, anyway, I do think that probably the falls is his favorite thing about the falls. I can picture him just standing there, if he didn't get followed and potentially chased <laughs> off, just standing there staring at them for a really long time. <laughs> I wish he could have done the tour where you go behind them. 
Oh, yeah. Much better than Made in the Mist. Yeah, I yeah. think he would have... But I would like to see him in the slicker. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he did Made in the Mist? Like, do you think he's a Made in the Mist guy? Do you think he's a Boats guy? Mm, mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think the way he handled himself on that double deck bass, I could picture him on a boat. <laughs> uh, he was pretty steady. I know Marcus Saul is known for boats, but if he treats boats the way he does buses, I very much fear for his safety and hope Eric Morland is <laughs> there to keep him from falling over. I'm back to this because <laughs> that was my favorite part of the parade, I think. Marcus Saul, man. What a... Marcus Saul almost hitting a power line. Like he had multiple <laughs> power lines on University with his crazy chopping up dance move. He did it for five that. straight hours. <laughs> yeah, he never stopped. And... Chugging a bottle of rosé. That when I saw a video of that later, I was like, "Oh, someone gave him like a, like a pop bottle or something." <laughs> I had no, but it was like, "Oh, that's a just a bottle of wine and Mark giant ham." <laughs> I uh, yeah, my favorite part of that whole thing was Eric Morland having to like spot him, like he was just like on Gasol duty. <laughs> like that's why they signed that guy. Honestly, he's already like he's worth his his contract weight in gold. I think. Uh, I like how they didn't even let Gasol speak at the stage either. They let all the other guys talk, but I think Gasol, either he imposed that on them and is like, no, no, please don't let me talk, or uh, that that might have been something the team was like, yeah, no, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> but, like, teasingly. Either he said it or they were like, nah, Mark, like, no yeah, way. Come on, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but he seemed thrilled, as thrilled to be there as he was all day. Yeah. He was just sitting there, like, grinning. Listen to everybody talk. Yeah. Also, the reaction of the team when Kawhi did his laugh thing was—it was like someone threw down a dunk. It was like OG throwing down a dunk on the Hawks with guard with the shot clock off. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Oh, so good. Um, but back to Kawhi and Niagara Falls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> weird that he got followed around that way. Although, I don't know, like who planned it? If his people planned it? If he went on his own, like without his people, like. Either way, it's like the most touristy place in the entire country. I feel like two days after you, or like a week after you win the finals, you're probably like baking in a little bit of expectation that you're going to get sort of accosted like that. It doesn't seem like anyone was like abrasive or anything. It was just like weird following and like taking pictures. But I don't know. That that was weird for sure. I, I would wish that he would have a bit more privacy, but maybe that's just not the reality that is... Uh, at play with him. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so long as people were... There was one photo I saw where, like, the person cuts off his, like, lower half of his face. Hmm. Like, it seemed like they were just trying to subtly take a pick up. And he doesn't <laughs> look that thrilled. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I hope it... I hope he was just like, okay, enough. And they were, like, trying to get to their car to go get mm. dessert or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so, nobody was like chasing him out, you know. <laughs> so let's get to the desserts thing. Uh, Serge Ibaka after the parade or during the parade, whatever it was, was uh, doing a little impromptu "How hungry are you?" special on Instagram, where he asked all the players what junk food they want to eat. And Kawhi Leonard, uh, I can just play it. How about that? Uh, Kawhi Leonard <laughs> said. Uh, this uh, oh no it expired never mind he said he was gonna alcohol and desserts uh is what he was gonna have all summer um thoughts 
It was perfect. It was my favorite one. And so they were all amazing. Good. <laughs> because it's again just like why so weirdly specific. Mm-hmm. Alcohol um, and desserts. And you know he's gonna order those things with intention. But like kinda of like specific but like like at any restaurant he'll just wanna see the dessert menu and he'll just like get a couple things. Yeah. What did he do say you... alcohol or did he say like alcoholic drinks? No, he just said alcohol, just drinking okay. alcohol and lots of desserts or something like that. It was, the... <laughs> it was that very was good. good. Danny Green giving Apache Burger a shout out. Mm. I feel like it's very specific. Also said Fat Burger as well in there, which uh, I support Fat Burger. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the only thing Northern... close to my hotel when I was in Red Deer for two weeks. Uh, so I ate a lot of Fat Burger for two weeks. <laughs> I didn't even know we had those here. So yeah. that's cool. Congrats, uh, Alberta, on getting Fat Burger. I wasted Norman Powell was. Oh, yeah. Let's do the drunk power rankings for a sec. <laughs> uh, was Norm drunker than Marcus All? <laughs> drunk Powell rankings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think, well, maybe they were at the same, but Gasol was like, a kind of energetic drunk that I'm actually really impressed and surprised that he could keep it going. Yeah. Not just for how much he's drinking, but how much they, how long they were like in the sun for and how yeah. much activity he was doing while drinking. Yes. And Powell, I think he had a couple, you know, he was like going up and down a bit. He would get kind of tired and then come back. But then he was always kind of smiling and looked really dazed. Yeah, Powell, when he went by me on the parade, everyone else was popping champagne and spraying it. He just, like, cracked a beer and poured it on people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it was great. He was like, yeah, uh, and it just, like, leaned over and just poured it on a couple people. That was pretty fun. Uh, Danny, I think, was doing pretty well as well. Danny did, yeah, Danny looked good and drunk. Yeah. Um, OG, I think, was pretty faded already by the time he passed me. Yeah, I mean... Because he was just kind of sitting, and then he got a little bit... He came out of it a bit, and then he popped a bottle of champagne, but, like, then just sat back down immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Malcolm Miller, to me, was Serge, doing... I think, was just having a good time, but, like, seemed fine. Yeah, he seemed like he was spraying more alcohol than he was consuming it. Yeah. He popped, like, three or four different bottles in the time it took him to pass my area of the, of the parade. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Drake hit me with champagne. That was fun. That was so great. It was like such a... By the end of the wait, I was like, is this really going to be worth it? And then everyone went by, and it was definitely worth it. Drake... I was also right near the part where Drake got the mic from CBC and, like, talked into the CBC cameras. No one heard it on the parade, obviously, because the mic's not hooked up to anything except for the tv studio but i watched it back and uh it was very very fun he was pretty gone by that point but he just like took the guy's mic he's like i don't even know whose mic i just took what's up out there people uh we're champions something like that and just dropped the mic into the crowd (laughs) into the crowd oh man i think i think he might have like dropped it towards the guy but yeah it, it was a straight up just like straight down mic drop from where i could see it in the parade, it looked like he was dropping it to nobody, but uh, I do believe... When he went by the me, he was, like, back. solemnly, extremely solemnly and concentrating extremely hard on signing anything anyone handed to him and then <laughs> dropping them off the bus. That's pretty great. I didn't see anyone signing anything uh, when they were going by me, but, uh, yeah, 
But it no, was... he wasn't taking things from the crowd to sign. He was taking things from the bus, signing them, and then dropping them. Oh, or like okay. A t-shirt, some shorts, a hat. Like, the, but they some of them were just like nondescript items of clothing. <laughs> like they weren't like the, they weren't like the gear that they had on. Oh, they I forgot. Clothes. I forgot. Norm threw out a baguette. <laughs> oh yeah. They must have I just also... had bread on hand for them to eat because they were up there for so long. But. Yeah, he just tossed the bag. I think it was catered inside the bus for sure. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if you noticed, but from when I saw Mark the first time to when I saw him the third time, he completely changed his sweatpants. Oh no, I did not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if he like spilled or something else happened. <laughs> Are you implying that Marcus saw had an accident? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just spillage, you know? At that point, they might have been so heavy because of all of the yeah. alcohol that had soaked into them from spilling from what he was throwing. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Uh, Man, we've meandered quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, What's Kawhi's favorite dessert? Oh. Uh, I'm going to go with just like an ice cream cone. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he has a favorite flavor? Is he vanilla? I feel like he's got to have mm. a little bit more than vanilla. I think he's doing mint chocolate chip occasionally. Mm. Is he a um, waffle cone, sugar cone, or regular cone guy? Sugar cone. Okay. It's the wrong choice, mm-hmm. but that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a waffle cone always. The, the, when I became an adult, two things happened. Uh, one, I decided to pay more than $15 for haircuts. And two, I decided that anytime I get ice cream, it's in a waffle cone because I can afford the extra fifty cents because I'm an adult. Th- th- those are the but two I things. think just picturing the ratio of a sugar cone in Kawaii's <laughs> makes me happier than picturing the waffle cone, which you know, similar ratio would probably look just as wild. But or does he get a cup and has one of those little weird wooden sticks that he eats it with that would even be even more no, he's, not a, he's not a cup guy that's a different <laughs> kind of weird <laughs> are any guys in the Raptors cup guys mm, no no I I feel like I feel like Serge would be anti-drip like he doesn't want that that melting on all over I think he's a cup guy I think it depends what Serge you're getting Serge now <laughs> summer vacation Serge Serge like Dancing on the back of a boat, topless in a bucket hat. That's a cone guy. Serge, you know, game uh, game six outfit. That's a cup guy. That, okay. Well, he's also not eating ice cream in the regular season. That's also Let's true. That's kind of the crux of this whole thing, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love Kawhi. What do you Kawhi. think Kawhi's eating? What do I think Kawhi's eating? I feel like he'd go something weird. Like, maybe he just gets, like, sorbet. Like or or sherbet 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 I don't know. Uh, My my girlfriend likes tiger stripe. She's the only person in the world I know who likes tiger stripe. I feel like Kawhi might be a tiger stripe guy. That's pretty weird. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Like I really like the licorice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 
very fun. I'm just, it was all so fun. I'm very glad that Surge did that and did the Instagram stuff. I'm very glad that everyone kind of came out of their shell. I kind of feel like we can put to rest the whole idea of Kawhi being like quiet and reserved. He's just like, I think he just kind of saves his one-liners and likes to go out with like, like the big mic drop line as opposed to just like being in your face all the time. You know, and I think that's pretty noble. Yeah. I think that's a good way to be. And uh, I think he's probably been unfairly maligned as some sort of uninteresting guy. He's he's the best. He's a fun guy. And I, I, but I if do... everyone was saying that about you constantly, I feel like it would drive you to say less because you're just like, fuck that, that's not true. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Because anything you did say, then it would be like, he's trying too hard. Also, I feel like he doesn't really even hear the people saying he doesn't say enough because he doesn't use the internet. <laughs> no, I think he's got like a flip phone for sure. <laughs> uh, I hope he stays. That'd be nice. He's very easy and fun to root for. Although I'll be very happy for him with whatever he does and forever be indebted to him because he brought the Raptors a lot of happiness. Uh, are you uh, sweating the decision yet? We're about to do a podcast uh, later on today, uh, a second podcast of the day about this topic and, oh, and more, but are you sweating the Kawhi decision at all yet, or are you just kind of um, enjoying the finals stuff still? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think, like you said, it's like kind of two separate things now, right? Like, we, it feels weird to be like, okay, that's over. Like, we put it behind us. But yeah. it is, like, that's, like, marked the end of this season. Um, and, like, it's kind of nice because it's, you can't diminish it. Like, you can't really take it away from it anymore. Um, so, like, I'm not sweating it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely paying attention. <laughs> but I'm not really sweating it. And I think, like, whatever he decides to do, I still feel like the season resonates enough for what he liked it for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I also think what people aren't really talking about, maybe they don't want to get too far ahead, is, like, it's a lot of pressure if he stays, too. Yeah. And what I'm actually sweating and more worried about is who we're going to lose, who we're going to lose that's not Kawhi this offseason. Because we're going to lose a lot of people, I think. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think they're going to go in, like, if Kawhi leaves, I think a lot of people are like, oh, go and do the, like, rebuild thing right away. But I don't think that's necessary because they want a damn title and they can kind of have a sentimental season, I think, where it's just, like, the old dudes and Pascal just, like, having fun. Um, yeah. Which, but if you keep Kawhi, yeah. even if you keep them, then you got to think about what everybody's going to get paid now. Yeah, I mean, Pascal's up for an extension. That's big. Um, I, I wonder if they just kind of let that ride and tell him, like, hey, we'll pay you, but just, like, wait till next summer we, we can do some stuff before we pay you. Um, and then, because, like, they have, like, if, if Mark opts in, which I'm assuming he will, if he opts in, then you have Gasol, Kyle, and Serge all coming off the books next summer, which is like $80 million, and like they'll have mm-hmm. some like room to work with there. So I just like, I don't think this summer is going to be one of much change. I think they can kind of just run it back. You'll lose like the end of bench guys probably. Like I don't think Moreland's back or Meeks or Lynn or anything like that, but like the main eight guys are all locked in. So I don't see why, except for Danny, I suppose. Danny's the one. Yeah. Um, which I kind of feel like if Kawhi stays, you probably bring him back because you know it works and you can pay a lot of money and you have his rights and all that stuff. If Kawhi leaves, maybe you just let him walk. I don't know. That's uh. 
Well, that makes me feel a little bit better because yeah. I've honestly been thinking about that more. <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to. Like, I think Kyle Surge, Gasol, if he opts in, Fred, like, all those guys are on the team next year. I don't think they're leaving. I think that would be really weird to have, a, a, like, a ring ceremony where half the team's gone and, like, all of the most important guys. I don't think they're going to do that. They buy, Winning the title buys them a year or two of just, like, kind of figuring it out, I think. And if Kawhi stays, then they probably enter as the favorites to win the title anyway. And there's no reason to change the team that just won the title all that much. Plus, you get OG back, and hopefully OG gets better and Pascal gets better. Um, and then maybe, like, your second-round pick becomes something this year. God, the draft. I didn't realize the draft was tomorrow until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, again, this is the thing that if, if this was, like, last any other year, but this year, you'd, by now you'd be paying so much attention to the draft because you'd be like, Jesus, I can't wait for the draft. Like, I need some basketball content. But now I'm like, eh, like, I could use the break. Yeah, it's like three months like, till media day. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's summer league starting in no time, and then you got, like, free agency, you got summer league, and then it's like, is anybody even going to get a summer vacation? No. Like, what's Katie going to do for summer vacation watch? Raptors edition. I, I, who knows? <laughs> Who's going to be brave enough to pick up summer vacation watch? This is the I'm biggest This is the biggest free agency feeling. question of the entire summer. I know. Yeah. Like, move over Kawhi, move over KD. Uh, where does summer vacation watch land is the thing I'm watching. And, uh... Have some respect for yourselves, outlets. Stop being <laughs> cowards. <laughs> Sign me. <laughs> uh, sign Katie Katie this was great I think we could probably wrap it there uh, because you're sick and my voice hurts I gotta go lie down yeah <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on the show very much appreciated do you have anything you would like to promote right now mm, no <laughs> <laughs> just sleep and taking care of yourself and hydrating everybody. obviously everybody yeah, yeah. Uh, oh you'll be on the Hoop Talks panel next week right Oh, thanks on my public. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm going to be on uh, Hoop Talk next Wednesday to talk about uh, a season that is still too close to talk about retrospectively, but that's what we're going to do. Um, and there's a lot of really good people on it. Yeah, lots of people. I'm going to be there just like watching because... Uh, Heckling. Yeah, I didn't get invited to speak, but that's fine. I'm going to show up and I think Alex and I might try to huck some books while we're there. Um, yeah, you should set up a merch table. Yeah, I think we might try to do that. So uh, if we get the shipment of books in time, which we might or might not, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that I think is gonna do it. Basketball feelings as well for Katie as well as her publicist. I must get that in there too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at whatevs on Twitter, as always, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Once again, We the Champs is available for pre-order at uh, wherever you order books. Amazon, Indigo. Should be in stores on shelves, I believe, on Tuesday. The 25th is the day it actually hits shelves. So uh, if you want to pick up a copy in person, you can do that too. And uh, thanks to everyone who's ordered it. We're like uh, doing surprisingly well uh, to a degree that I did not expect. And it's been very, very nice to see all the response. And uh, I thank you all very much. So yeah, We the Champs, order it. Pretty please. Uh, I'll have another podcast like later tonight. Probably gonna drop with John Godis. Might drop it Thursday morning. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. And uh, we're gonna look at the biggest questions of the off season, which is suddenly happening. And uh, so that'll be next time on Lockdown Raptors. Until then, thank you so much, and we will talk to you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 